Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. And welcome to episode 385 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So we're also here today, sort of virtually, not live and in the flesh, but we are really leaning today on the expertise and perspective and real life stories from five of our team members from across the country. You'll get to meet them in just a second. But Megan, I feel like we're kind of virtually here with them. And I'm so glad because we're talking about lunch packing today. But you and I are not packing as many lunches as we used to be. So thank goodness for the team, right? Yeah. I mean, I was hardcore head down in heavy lunch packing mode for a long time. Um, And I honestly would probably have continued into middle school for Clara, but then pandemic happened. And then lunch in Michigan was free for everybody. I want to say it was definitely all of last year and maybe the year whatever amount of school the kids actually went to in person the year before. I was starting to mix the years up. Um, but well, no, cause 2020 would have been like, there's just no school. So it was 2021. It was free all year. And this year when the kids went back, I have to say putting a hundred dollars in that lunch account on the first day kind of hurt. And so I'm not going to say never to packing right. lunches again, but at this moment of time in my life, I'm not packing any lunches at all. I'm packing occasionally and a few, and we'll get into this with our team because uh, several of them mentioned free versus not free. And we know we have listeners all over the world. So I do think this is so interesting. Public schools in California are still free right now for hot lunch. My older two go to a private school and their hot lunch program is amazing, but it is very much not free. So it is a consideration when you think of, you know, time and time saved and all of that. Um, So I am packing occasionally for Violet when she doesn't want to get the free hot lunch and then my middle schoolers pack their own. But I am curious when you were saying you were head down for so many years, Megan, do you have a sense for maybe like how many lunches you've packed in your mom life? It's got to be thousands, right? 
So, okay, I did the math and I'm just going to say that over the course of any one child's life, I probably packed lunches for them for five solid years, meaning I packed lunches for all of them all the way through elementary school. Right. But there were definitely days that they had hot lunch or sometimes a month at a time because things got crazy or I had another baby or whatever. So I just said five years per kid times five kids times 180 days. So about 4,500 lunches, give or take. That is a lot of lunches. So yeah, I, I also would just have to do like very thumbnail math and I only have three kids, but I like your logic. So yeah, it would just be um, three fifths of that, a few thousand lunches. That I think I for you, it'd be 3,500, right? It'd be three, three kids times five years times 180 days. Yeah. So you just take right. away a thousand for mine. It's a lot. I did make an arbitrary rule. Um, and I'm so glad I did that starting in sixth grade, my kids pack their own lunch. And what's funny is I was very much patting myself on the back about that with my oldest. Um, but then what I realized is like, we'll get into this because Mandy on our contributor team speaks to packing a lunch for her teen. And I realized that my teenager grabs a ramen cup on the way out the door or buys like a bag of chips and calls that lunch. So there is a certain Mm. amount of control you give up when you empower Uh your kids to pack their own lunch. So just, it was not quite as I'm, I'm patting myself on the back, maybe less than I was, um, when I got myself out of that job. But now I realize like just how little control I have over what they eat. Well, and I learned the hard way that sometimes they will, I'm using huge air quotes here, pack a lunch (laughs) and then go to school and just buy something else to supplement the lunch. But they don't think of that as lunch because it's like a $3 Gatorade or, you know, something like that. And then of course, mom and dad get the bill. Sure. You've, you've put that money or have to come up with that money on the account. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So here's how today will work. If you're familiar and have listened to our week of real life dinners episodes. And then we also recently did a week of real life. What did we call it? Home housework housework. I think we called it in the end. Um, so this is where we use the, um, the system of really tracking what happens in our homes for over the course of a week, and then talk about it on the podcast. And the The point here is that it's easy to find content online that's more aspirational, like 15 lunch packing ideas for your kindergartner this fall. And everything looks pretty and, you know, is really well balanced. But very few people are talking about like the lunches that actually get packed and what actually gets eaten and the dinners that actually make it to the table. So if you're new around here, that's why we do this. I think it's really interesting to kind of validate that real life doesn't always look like those tips and inspiration posts. Um, And also I would add to that, that hearing about the way other moms do real life lunch packing can give you ideas and inspiration, even if that person feels like it's the most mundane. When we get to our contributor contributors, you'll hear that they're like, well, we just eat a PB and J every day, or we just do this. It doesn't feel like it's mind blowing content until you need ideas. And then I feel like I'm very much inspired and reminded of ideas when I listen to other moms talk about their real life. I totally agree. And like a little gem will come out of something that you just think is just ordinary. I mean, even if literally every day it's a sandwich, a little baggie of some kind of side and an apple or whatever, I bet you there's something hidden, tucked away in there that another mom would listen and be like, oh, right. Okay. That's a cool way to do that. And um, so that's what this is all about. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of can do both. It can remind you that other moms out there are just sending a sandwich, an apple and a bag of chips every single day. So it can make you feel 
like normalized that it doesn't have to be um, anything more creative than that. And at the same time, you may get some creative ideas because other people's ordinary is just a little different from how you do ordinary. So, yeah. Well, let's meet our contributors. We have five moms from our team helping us out with this episode today. I thought it was interesting. Their kids range from two all the way up to Mandy's oldest is, I think she said, a junior in high school. I think she's 16. Um, And then we have a range of um, moms working and that situation, too, which really, as we know, impacts what you prep the night before, what time everybody has to get out of the house in the morning. So in this group, we have two moms working full time outside the home. We have a couple of freelancers working full time inside the home. And then Jamie works part time outside the home. So I mentioned that just because as my work has ebbed and flowed over the years, and I'm sure, Megan, you'd say the same. Sometimes you make different choices about that relationship of time, money, convenience. Um, and I just think that's that's always something we're looking to um, bring to light here, that like everybody's choices are okay. And it often is part of a much bigger schema of what's going on in the home, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's meet the team. Hi, I'm Jennifer. I work from home as a freelance writer. I have two twins who are five years old and we live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right now, I'm packing lunches for my twins, Heath and Harper, who started full-time pre-K at public school this year. I'm new to packing lunches five days a week, but so far, it seems easier than the constant snack, food prep, and kitchen cleanup that we had when we were at home over the summer. At Heath and Harper's elementary school, they do have a hot lunch option, but pre-K students actually eat in their classroom instead of the cafeteria. So because of that, I was concerned that they might not like their one hot lunch option at school, so I've opted to pack their lunches every day so far. But I'm not exactly sure how. The twins seem to have gotten confused several times this year and have actually eaten both their packed lunch and the school's hot lunch. So we are working through that, but I've added some money to their lunch account just in case this happens again in the future. I'm Joanne and I work from home as a writer, editor, and children's book author. I have two kids, they're ages six and 10, and we live in New Jersey. So far this year, I'm packing lunch for both my first grader and my fifth grader every day. Um, They might start buying school lunch once a week, but so far we haven't started doing that. Both boys also have a snack time, so I pack a snack for every day as well. Um, They eat their snacks in their classroom, so our teachers, their teachers have told us um, to try to pack something simple that they can eat at their desks and um, that don't make too much of a mess. I'm Jamie from Raleigh, North Carolina. I am a part-time working nurse, part-time stay-at-home mom to two kids, ages four and two. I am currently packing lunches five days a week for my four-year-old and three days a week for my two-year-old, who are both in a half-day daycare slash preschool program. Um, This is actually my first year packing lunches on a consistent schedule, which sort of feels a little bit like a... um, motherhood rite of passage, which is kind of fun, except it only feels fair to say that um, I feel like lunch packing and I are still kind of in our honeymoon phase, um, which I realize won't last forever. But for right now, it's kind of great. I get up before everyone. I decided to pack lunches in the morning this year and I go out to the kitchen, pop in 
one of my AirPods and I listen to a book or a podcast and sort of just slowly meander around the kitchen. It takes me probably like 20 minutes to pack the lunches, but with no one, you know, in the background, it's like kind of relaxing. And um, I am so aware that this won't last forever, but for right now, I'm just trying to enjoy the time a little bit. Hi, I'm Lisa. I am a single mom of four kids, ages 15, 12, 9, and 8, and I work full-time outside of the home in the education field. This school season is a little bit unique because in the past two years, our school district has offered free hot lunches for the kids. So in years past, I would let them choose one or two hot lunches a week, and we'd pack the rest of the week. Uh, The last two years, they just ate hot lunch because it was easy, and they offered a variety of things that Uh, If they ate pancakes and yogurt, I was a-okay with that because it was free. So this year we are back to choosing one or two lunches a week and then packing the rest of them. So all five of us pack. I think something unique about this year's lunch packing is just maybe the amount of food that we're going through. My 12-year-old son, I think, is approaching a growth spurt. He'll be 13 in October, and he is packing two really two lunches, but he's using one of the lunch portions as a snack after school, like a peanut butter and jelly before football practice, before he comes home to eat dinner. So while he's only eating one lunch at lunch, he's packing another lunch to have after school in addition to a snack during his regular school day. So while it's all really great stuff and I have heard this happens, apparently I'm approaching this point in motherhood where the grocery bill is going to keep on keeping on. Hi, this is Mandy. I work full time as an adoption social worker and my kids are currently 8, 12 and 16. We are from a small town northwest of the Twin Cities. This year, I am mainly packing school lunches for my oldest, who is in 11th grade, and my youngest, who is in second grade. My middle kiddo, a seventh grader, chooses to eat lunch from school, which I am secretly thankful for. My youngest will sometimes eat lunch from school too, depending on what they have that day. And yes, I feel like I should explain a bit here about why I still pack for my teenager. She can totally do it. She has done it on days I'm running late for work. But to be honest, I I just don't mind. You know, she's really simple. She eats the same thing every day, which is a salad. I also think it's the mom in me wanting to show my love in the little ways I still can now that she's older and she's needing me less. Well, first, I just want to say, I think it's actually lovely that Mandy, that you are still packing a lunch for your 11th grader. And there are a lot of benefits to that. First of all, Sarah, I've talked on the show a lot about sometimes just because your kids can do something for themselves doesn't necessarily mean you want them to for a variety of reasons. One of them might be it messes up your routine. Yeah, <laughs> That's how I was about the laundry for a long time. And sometimes it's just because you want to do it for them. And another reason I could give for the high schooler is because if you don't, they will eat a bunch of junk food at your, you know, on your dime. So there's lots of reasons why packing a lunch for a high schooler makes a lot of sense. And I will also say it's something I've thought about starting to do myself again as well, because while I don't necessarily want to right now, um, I also don't really want to pay for them to go through the a la carte line and fill up on stuff that I wouldn't have like really wanted them. I wouldn't have wanted to pay for them to eat. Let's put it that way. 
So I see a lot of benefits to that. Yeah. And I just, I love that she just acknowledged that it's a little way to love a teenager. And when you have teenagers, like, you know, the ways you love them and love on them kind of shifts. And so I relate to doing little things for my teenagers that maybe, again, it's not about could they do this for themselves, but um, maybe that's how I want to show a little love. So I loved that. Um, And then, yeah, I did think it was so interesting hearing different um, states, different parts of the country represented um, where lunches are free, hot lunches free, where it is not free or not free anymore. So I really um, mm. related to Lisa just um, having to shift year to year in how your family approaches hot lunch. And I don't think there's any right or wrong way. It's just how that figures into, is it an option financially? Is it a good option for your child nutritionally or allergy wise? So there's a lot that goes into that. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay. Well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. 
Okay. So our first question that our lovely contributors answered for us, I think is something we can all identify with or relate to. And that is like the pain points that come along with lunch packing. I know there are many potential pain points. So um, we're going to listen to five of our contributors share theirs. Mandy, Joanne, Jamie, Jennifer, and Lisa. My biggest struggle this year with packing lunches is just the mental energy that's required in the mornings of where is the tiny salad dressing container lid? Are we running out of grapes? Where's my phone so I can put it on my shopping list? Should I put an ice pack in this bag? Should I put two? You know, all of those decisions that we have to make. And I think the solution is simply to prep as much as possible the night before, which, you know, I never do. My biggest pain point is figuring out how much to pack the 10-year-old at this point. He's been asking me to pack more food for him. Um, But the thing is, the kids don't have much time for lunch. So when I do pack more sides or more snacks, he'll eat those before the main food. And his main food ends up coming coming home uneaten. Um, My other pain point is just that I go back and forth worrying about the lack of variety in the kids' lunches. They've been eating basically the same thing every day for the last few years. Um, Sometimes I worry about it and sometimes I'm just glad it's pretty straightforward and I don't have to do much decision making in the morning. So one big transition that we've made this year is starting to buy some lunch meat for the kids sandwiches um, to get everyone kind of on board with not using nut butters um, like peanut butter and almond butter to help keep the schools nut free and safe. And um, so come to find out my cat who was allowed on the counter um, thinks that lunch meat is maybe the greatest thing that has ever been created and pretty much loses his mind when he sees it come out of the refrigerator. So an interesting pain point that I did not see coming with my lunch packing experience was that I have to sort of position myself around this small portion of the counter. Like imagine um, like for basketball players out there, I literally like box out around this portion of the counter so my cat cannot come jump over there and attack me and the food and try to eat all of the sandwich before I can get it in the lunchbox. I mean, it is, it's ridiculous and it feels very sport-like. And I think maybe the moral of this story is lunch packing is basically sport. And um, I think it's probably time that we are all credited accordingly. As pre-K kids, Heath and Harper come home absolutely ravenous. So my biggest pain point is that I'm trying to balance packing things that are going to keep their bellies full. They're going to have some decent nutrition in there and also that are easy to open. So I've been trying to pack things that don't have a lot of packaging like yogurt pouches. You know, that's got good protein, that sort of thing. But There's also a high margin of error there getting the twist off the pouch. So just trying to find things that they like and will eat when they're not super adventurous eaters and balance all of these other needs has been a bit of a challenge. And so I do spend quite a bit of time trying to think about what I should actually put in their lunches. I feel like my biggest pain point with packing lunches this year is literally just the packing lunches, making sure that everybody has what they need and keeping track of who's eating hot on which days and 
they're really good about knowing themselves. And you know what? In a pinch, a hot lunch is just fine. But trying to keep that to a minimum. Okay, Sarah, I was cracking up about Jamie's cat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we both have kittens right now. And I have a very naughty counter climbing kitten at the moment. And um, yeah, I could see myself being in that in that place for sure. Um, I also want to just kind of comment a, a few different people talked about um, worrying about balance or variety. And I want to say, man, was I ever there? And at some point I just leaned into not caring anymore about balance and variety. I don't know what you think about that, Sarah, if that's ever been something you've struggled with. I don't think I really cared about varieties. Uh, I, one of my kids was such a habitual eater and I had so many other things I was solving for that. I, I never got it in my head that I should pack a different type of lunch every day. When you say variety or when we're talking about variety, I was picturing day to day within, within a packed lunch, I guess I was shooting for a medium amount of variety across food groups, but I had no issues sending the same lunch every day. I think that I started my lunch packing, um, career, let's say really early on, not even like in the social media time, but in the early, like competitive parenting Mm -hmm. era when things like, um, and then my, you know, my oldest kids went to a Montessori school and then, so it just kind of came from that being in that sort of, um, environment. And I just remember there being a lot of things like, well, of course I, um, pack leftover pad thai for my child. I'm not going to just make them like a sandwich, you know? And I remember thinking, but my kids aren't going to eat cold right. leftover takeout. It's just not going to happen. But I did kind of worry about it a little bit until I, yeah. until I stopped. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed was the talk about, um, nut free, like a nut free environment. And I, I wonder across the country how different that might be. I will say that was something that probably became mandatory. Like basically it doesn't matter if in this classroom, there's a kid with a nut allergy, mostly like the whole school is just not doing this. So stop sending it. And that was probably when Clara was early elementary school. And that took me a little bit to get used to. But then once I was used to it, it just became second nature. So I, the number of moves we've done and the number of schools we've been at, if I count preschools, I've probably been at like seven or eight schools where I've packed lunches. Let's see, two preschools and like four, six, probably six schools. And you'd be surprised how nuts have been handled differently across Hmm. these schools in only two states. It's Arizona and California, two states, three cities, six schools, many different approaches to nuts. Everything from the most extreme was being at a school where it was a true no nut or tree nut or any nut product including if it was written on the package that it would had been like manufactured in a facility, mm. like to that level, to the point that um, we would get phone calls from the office. If a kid had had a lunchable and there was like a wrapped Reese's peanut butter, you know how sometimes that'll come yeah. as the, as the snack. And that would prompt a phone call. It was really strict. And then all the way to my kids go now where anyone can bring any nut product and sit anywhere. And it's just handled. Wow. Yes. So, um, for me, it hasn't been chronological like, oh, that became a thing in 2012 or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. been very school specific. And and that I'm including some daycare preschools, some um, charter, public and private. I would just been all over the map. So interesting. That is really interesting. So I'm sure there are people kind of moving in and out of 
Like, how do I handle nuts and nut adjacent mm-hmm. foods? Yeah. And <laughs> you will hear yeah. in this episode, as, as we get into what, what these five moms are packing, you'll hear people who are packing nut products and people who are not. Um, I just wanted to um, comment on the fact that our two moms of teenagers, so that's Mandy and Lisa, they were the bookends in those clips you heard. I felt like I heard in their voices that their biggest pain point for both of them was like, just the mental load of packing lunches. Mm. And I just want to validate that. Like after a decade, like Jamie's so new and shiny at packing lunches. And like, you know, I think she even said like in her honeymoon phase of lunch. Packing. Yeah. And, um, I just, as time drags on, it's just, we're still doing it. It's like, yes, we're yeah. still doing laundry and we're still like, mm-hmm. so there is a fatigue that sets in. And I, it actually made me feel a little better to hear Mandy and Lisa both be like, yeah, my biggest pain point is just, it's that it exists. That it, yeah. <laughs> I'm still doing this though. So I, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I wonder sometimes if I were to go back to it now, now that I've been not doing it at all for two years, if I would be like, Oh, it's like going back in time. Or if I just right. be think, if I just think like, what? I am so over this. You probably w- for like a minute, it would feel like a, an act of service, an act of love, but yeah. then it's the everydayness. It's right. the, like the it fact that it never ends. ends. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we asked this group of moms, um, if they could share just their general strategy for each food group. And the reason we did this is uh, unlike a week of real life dinners where you're going to really see a lot of variety in terms of food, but also variety in terms of like what's happening in the family and, and real life. We realize that like there is a lot of sameness in lunches. So rather than go Monday through Friday, you know, and talk about those same peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day, um, we we asked them to just give us like their their general strategy for like a main dish, a fruit and veg and snacks and sides. So that's what you'll hear next. So let's hear everybody talk about in general how they approach the main course of lunch packing. I decided before the school year started that I was not going to have too much variety in lunch packing for the kids. And I'm in a good position that my kids are only four and two. And while they have opinions about things, um, don't feel wildly opinionated about what exactly is given to them in their lunch. So um, I decided early on that they would both get a sandwich um, sort of for their main course every day. And so far, we haven't really strayed from what's actually on that sandwich. So it's just meat, cheese, and um, a little bit of dressing. And there have not been many complaints so far. So we're going to stick with that main course. They both get a half a sandwich. I think we are slowly getting to the point where my four-year-old may be ready for a full sandwich soon. But for right now, I think um, everyone is getting what they need from the half sandwich and I love it because I don't have to think at all about what main course they are going to get for that day. My first grader's main course is a sun butter sandwich on cinnamon raisin bread. Um, He will eat peanut butter, but because of food allergies, we've never really been able to send him with a peanut butter sandwich uh, to his classrooms. My fifth grader has breakfast for lunch. I make him frozen sausages and frozen waffles in the morning and put them in a thermos. Main course options for my kids that are typical go-to items are peanut butter sandwiches, turkey sandwiches. They usually like those with bacon and lettuce and mayonnaise. One of them likes hot sauce, so I try to have the condiments available that they like. Salads are another option and leftover pasta. So 
sometimes I try to be mindful on Sundays to make a pasta dish and make it in plentiful so that they'll have it for the week or they can repurpose it if they want to add some chicken or lunch meat or something like that in it. Another menu option for my kids at times are Lunchables or off-brand Lunchables. I don't get them often because they can customize their own at home with, you know, their small rounds of Canadian bacon or pepperoni or lunch meat. I have one non-cheese eater, so she won't even eat the cheese out of the real Lunchables, so she can custom that with a tiny yogurt of sorts if that's what she chooses to pack for a dairy Um, But that is one option that is sometimes available, and especially for field trips, I will let them do that because it has to often be everything gets thrown away. So we're not bringing reusable lunch pails or lunch boxes to that. So in a disposable grocery sack, the Lunchable and a bottle of disposable water often will get taken. For the main course, my kids are thankfully boring and will eat a turkey sandwich, a turkey roll-up, or a salad. They also don't mind leftovers if it doesn't smell too, quote unquote, strong. They're very considerate of their classmates, it seems. The main course, our main course is typically a sandwich. It's usually either turkey or PB&J. We don't have any nut allergies in either of their classrooms, so I am able to pack products with peanuts. Uh, Sometimes I'll try to do a DIY Lunchable with either turkey or salami coins and some sliced cheese and crackers. Um, I try really hard to offer variety, but most of the time they just want to keep things pretty simple. Costco sells Columbus turkey, which is an actual turkey breast that has been sliced pretty thick. Um, so I feel good about that. They do really like eating that. Um, Tillamook cheese slices are pretty standard around our house. Um, sometimes I'll also make like a turkey roll up with tortilla and cream cheese. But most of the time we alternate back and forth between a good old turkey sandwich and a PBJ. Okay. I loved listening to this because I loved hearing just how many different ways there are to make a sandwich. That yeah. <laughs> sounds kind of dumb, but like, There's just so many different ways. Like some kids like condiments. Some kids don't like condiments. Some kids like alternative nut butters. Some do not. And mine did not, which meant once we were, once like peanut butter was off the table, we had to completely change proteins. Um, And I had a few years where I was very stressed about sending meat to school and not having it stay cold. And I would come up with all of these like workarounds to try to keep the meat in the sandwich cold, but then that would make the bread cold and my kids didn't like that. And I'm not like, I'm not a germaphobe by any means, but I am um, perhaps surprisingly, if you know me, surprisingly interested in food safety. Yeah. (laughs) Just put it that way. Like I'm kind of into that. I'm kind of into that like ideal temperature thing. And I've read a lot about, you know, a lot about cooking and things like that. And I know why you don't have a hot meal that just lingers on the stovetop for seven hours. But I think I was overstressing about the meat thing because, uh, you know, first of all, a lot of times these are cured meats. Mm -hmm. So they have an additional layer of protection going on. Like, you know, leaving a piece of salami in a sandwich for a few hours or a piece of cured ham or something is not the same as like last night's leftover staying at warm, like a warmish tepid temperature on the stove. Also, it's not the same as leaving a pasta salad out in the sun for three hours. It's just not like these are not necessarily apples to apples 
um, kind <laughs> that's a great right. fun, <laughs> but the comparison between like the way a sandwich yes, might be bacterially breaking down in my kid's lunchbox on a cold, you know, on a, like a cold school day when it's like in their cool locker or whatever, it's just not the same as the circumstances for which those food safety rules are written. And I got over it and it was never a problem. And my kids never complained about having a slightly room temperature, you know, lunch meat sandwich. Yeah. Did anyone so, ever get sick? Not that that's no, like a guarantee no. of that never would. Yeah. None of my no. kids have ever. And I don't have kids who are very prone to gastrointestinal yeah. illnesses either. I will also say now, if I had kids who had like touchier stomachs, maybe I would have felt differently, but it, yeah. nobody ever did. So, I mean, not that you should do as I did, <laughs> but just, that was just something I decided to let go of a little bit and it was just fine. Uh, maybe also would be different if you lived in Arizona. So I guess the next category is the fruit and veggies. So let's hear from our contributors. For fruits and veggies, again, they're simple and we'll enjoy a banana, strawberries, um, carrot sticks, and edamames. Right now, our palates are a little bit limited on what we're willing to eat when it comes to fruit and veg. For fruit, I'll pack grapes, cuties, blueberries, strawberries, or apples, occasionally maybe pineapple or kiwi, but I'll be honest, it can be really hit and miss on what actually gets eaten. I try to pack a variety of veggies like carrots, cucumbers, grape tomatoes, many peppers. You know, I'll cut them into cute little shapes, add food picks, all the tips and tricks, you know, we hear to get kids to eat their veggies. But uh, I don't know that they actually ever take more than one bite. And, but I'm just continuing to offer these foods in the hopes that one day it's going to pay off. The fruits my kids eat the best are the red delicious apples. They request those specifically. Even though I like the Honeycrisp or the Pink Ladies that are a little bit sweeter, we always have red delicious apples on hand because they will pack those. Bananas are a staple. Grapes, the red and green varieties. Strawberries, bananas. Even frozen fruit smoothies they'll put in a thermos and take sometimes. I keep applesauce pouches because they'll eat that for their fruit portion of their lunch or a snack or both. And vegetables are a little bit more hit and miss. Oh, they do also like plums. Um, when the plums are in season, we keep those on hand. And the golden kiwi, the green kiwi tends to get a little bit too tart for them, but they do like the golden kiwi. Uh, vegetables, my nine-year-old son is a really big red pepper eater. So I'll have some red peppers on hand typically or the mini peppers and he'll dig through the bag just to get the red ones out. Otherwise, it's baby carrots or almost nothing unless it's a salad or maybe some butter lettuce or green leaf lettuce on sandwiches. That's about the most vegetable-y my kids will get. Regarding fruits and veggies, I, again, try to keep the options pretty limited because it makes it a little bit easier for shopping and um, just a little bit more consistency for them. So pretty much each day they either get carrots or cucumbers. Interestingly, when I sent my oldest with um, carrots and cucumbers, it all came home. I think it was a little bit overwhelming. Um, come to find out that if I just send one veggie, um, it's much more likely to be eaten. So they either get carrots or cucumbers each day. And then regarding a fruit, I pretty much only send strawberries, um, 
apple slices or like one of those orange cuties kind of already opened and peeled um, for them. And that makes it a little bit easier on me. So they don't have, again, a huge preference because they like all of those things. So they're pretty open to eat any of that. And um, that just keeps it simple for me, simple for shopping and very little decision making when it comes to choosing fruits and veggies. For fruits and vegetables, um, both kids get sliced apples in their lunchbox and maybe a clementine. To be honest, if there is something that comes home untouched or uneaten, it's often the clementine. Okay, so I was nodding along for a lot of this just because um, the the team mentioned a lot of the same fruits that we go for for lunches. Sliced apples was a common thread. Grapes are great in lunches. Um, we do strawberries and kiwis as well. Um, but I have to say my takeaway was Lisa's kids preferring red delicious apples and her being <laughs> like, well, I kind of like honey crisp and pink lady. I'm like, yeah, because they're way better. I've actually never yes. met anyone who really likes red delicious apples so the fact that she has multiple children who actively prefer that I my mind is blown is blown I know I I made a note that red delicious are the least delicious and I also remember being a child well first of all I just think there were fewer varieties available like in any grocery store when we were kids I but I, I agree lived, I remember gala yeah, or but, gala however you say it yeah. Th- that was like a newfangled apple in the yes. 80s yeah, Honeycrisp wasn't really around back then, no. I don't think at all. Um, and especially where I lived, we had a very small grocery store. It was in the Great White North. And I think the only options were a Granny Smith, a Macintosh, Red Delicious, and then like maybe John a Gold, one of the yellowy gold oh, ones. Yeah, yeah. And my mom would never get the Red Delicious unless everything else looked gross. <laughs> and so every now and then a Red Delicious would end up in my, in my, um, lunchbox. And I would just be like, mom, it's like eating. It's like so mealy. Anyway, yeah. I don't mean to trash the, these kids and their apple preferences, but it is strange to me. I mean, very it's, wax. it's what very jumped wax. out at me. And there's yeah. probably a really good red delicious, like fresh off the tree, wherever it's been farmed is probably great. And maybe we have this association because it's the one that gets shipped all around the country and like sits on a truck for two weeks. So no, you know, no offense, red delicious right about people. that. Um, I also wanted to just offer a very quick tip on fruit and veg. Cause I, you know, you can hear in the voices of these contributors, like we all think we're supposed to send some fruit and veg, but sometimes I think it was Joanne who said the Clementine comes home uneaten. And sometimes it's the food group your kids don't even touch. So don't be afraid to send literally like two sections of a cutie or yeah, like, I was cut, just like thinking two, of two times I did carrots. exactly that. Yeah. And just like, you never know. Sometimes if a kid just sees that there's a bite or two, they may be even more likely to, to have it. Um, and I really don't like food waste as we've established on this show. Mm-hmm. So for me, like sending four blueberries or three grapes might just feel like, okay, now I've filled that little hole in the bento. I feel like I've sent a fruit, but I'm not going to deal with a bunch of food waste and the kid may actually eat it more likely to eat it because it's not like this overwhelming, huge aspirational pile of vegetables. So, well, let's hear how everybody approaches snacks and sides next. I get a lot of our sides at Trader Joe's and Costco and I rotate my grocery shopping. So one week we might go to Costco the next week we might go to Trader Joe's. Uh, So at Trader Joe's, we love Bambas, which are like these little peanut butter Cheeto type things. 
Uh, Trader Joe's also has a bunch of really good trail mixes. Some of them have cashews, almonds, little chunks of chocolate, that sort of thing. Uh, Plantain chips are a big hit. Uh, At Costco, they've got big bags of veggie straws and hippies. They also have some really good almond crackers that my kids love and Annie's bunnies or cheddar crackers. For sides and snacks, um, sides are usually pretzels, chips, goldfish crackers, or club crackers. My older son often gets a Cliff Kids bar. So my kids definitely love sweets, um, I think like most kids, but they also both totally got my love of chips and crackers um, and salty, crunchy things. So I choose between um, like three of those options. So we always have goldfish, pretzels, and these like harvest pea snacks, um, which are kind of like veggie straws, but have peas in them. They're super delicious. Um, So the kids pretty much get goldfish every day. And then I sort of rotate between the pretzels and the pea snacks um, in addition to that. And then they both go with a small chocolate chip cookie. And I can confidently report that that food never comes home. Um, It is always eaten at school, which I would assume is not surprising for most of us to hear. For sides and snacks, I'm the mom that will pack a little bag of chips or a cookie as a treat. They also enjoy yogurt and anything cheese related like string cheese. Snacks and sides are kind of a bigger deal around my house. Because all four of my kids pack snacks for during the day and after school, I tend to have a ton of that stuff around the house. I will let them pack yogurt type things like go-go squeezes or regular yogurts um, and just hope that the ice pack keeps for it. They love string cheese or an apple with peanut butter. So I have the tiny containers of peanut butter that I make myself that are throwawayable because peanut butter is just kind of a disaster. Um, They love granola bars. And I have even had kids warm up leftover pizza and put it into bite-sized pieces in a thermos to keep it warm as a snack or a side to something else they've packed. Um, We do the variety of granola bars. So the crunchy granola bars, soft granola bars, chocolate dip granola bars is always something that we have on hand. Uh, Fruit strips are another place that we have, just the Aldi version, which is kind of like our off-brand grocery store around here in the Midwest. Oyster crackers, goldfish crackers, miniature crackers, club crackers. We are cracker, they are cracker people, I should say. Okay, Sarah, I actually just have a few snack and side comments of my own. (laughs) I just feel like I need to fit in here. Um, Because snacks and sides were a big deal in my house as well when my kids were getting their lunches packed and still are. And I just want to share that I had a like little snack bin that was not, it was called the lunch snack bin. And it was not supposed to be for after school snacks. It was only supposed to be for lunch packing. I made the mistake of at one point creating like a special sort of exception to that and saying, oh, okay, like, I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was like, oh, it's Friday. Everyone can pick something out of the lunch right. packing bin. Once that Band-Aid had been ripped off seal or was whatever broken. you want to say, <laughs> once that seal was broken, forget it. There was never anything in there. I'd go like 
I'd go to pack a lunch and there'd be like an old smashed cereal bar, like coming out the end and like all the, cr- you know what I mean? Like it gets smashed in the foil and then it's coming out. So just don't do as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a special place where you keep lunch snacks, make it verboten and don't ever change the rule no. because once you change that rule, It'll run right over. you. Uh, yeah. Um, but I'll just quickly mention a few of the things that went over really well in our family for those side snacks. Um, the natural Valley or nature Valley granola bars, the ones that are like really crispy and crunchy and in the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of my kids loved those. And I yeah. think Aldi has a, a knockoff cheap version too. Um, some of them thought they were too crunchy and they hurt their mouths, but most of my kids really loved those and they're fun to like, um, crush up and put in yogurt and stuff too. I always kind of made a distinction in my mind between those and like the ones I thought of as dessert, which were like the chocolate covered ones or sometimes even the chocolate chip ones, but both went over really well. The crackers that come pre-cheesed, like they're like little cheese sandwich crackers. You can also get those very inexpensively at Aldi. And they always kind of felt like a little, like, are they snack or are they main? They're mm-hmm. kind of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then pudding. I don't know if this is because I was an 80s kid, but those little snack packs I of pudding. I me love too. And I would feel so good about myself when I had the wherewithal to remember to buy those and then put them in my kids' lunches. And again, they don't last long. They come in packs of four or six. And by the time you've packed lunches for five kids, they're pretty much gone. Um, but I would always feel like the best mom when I packed those. I have not made a habit of buying pudding cups for my kids. And it's not for any like the reason that I don't want to give them to them. I think it's because I do most of my shopping at Trader Joe's and they have a lot of great um, alternatives. And I actually think they have a lot of great lunch packing things, but they don't have a pudding cup. And now that makes me want to kind of surprise my kids with those because mm-hmm. I think they would love that. So. Um, on the granola bar front, I just want to air a pain point that my kids don't like granola bars in the way that most kids do. And it's such a, like, I have found myself being like, guys, just pick any kind of granola bar, anything for like a filler snack. And for some reason they just feel very meh about them. And it's like this convenience Mm. food. I find myself almost pushing on them because it just like, it feels like a mom thing to stick a granola bar in a bag and like, here, you won't starve to death, but I should probably get right. over that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. 
And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right, everybody, buckle up. This is where we really take you inside the detail of how our contributors are packing lunches for their kids. These are the types of details I really enjoy hearing about because it's one thing to say like, yep, my kid eats a turkey sandwich every day. But my kid, like one of my kids only eats sliced deli turkey and butter on bread. That's the whole sandwich. Um, He doesn't even like mayo. And then another one of my kids likes mayo hot sauce, which I did hear come up a couple of times. I thought that was unique to my kids. So anyway, I think the detail is really interesting. It might give you some ideas if you've got some pickier kids and you want to try presenting something a different way. Plus, we've got lots in here that's just real life happening, like the little fails that come up and the things that don't go as planned. So we've got Jamie, Jennifer, Lisa, Mandy and Joanne again here to um take you right inside the detail of one of their lunches that they packed this week. So I want to tell you about Monday and Tuesday, um, days that I both packed lunches and didn't pack lunches. Um, So my kids woke up Monday morning with sort of that upper respiratory crud junk and um, they both tested negative for COVID, but we decided to keep them home and just let them rest. So as expected, I didn't make any lunches for them that morning. So 11, 11.30 rolls around. And, you know, the kids, they have like all the kind of crud, but they're not acting that sick, right? So I'm already a little grumbly because it's almost just like having two kids at home um, normally as if they are healthy. So I'm already a little grumbly that my day has been shot by them being there. And now it's 11.30 and now I have to make them lunch. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And they had enough kind of snot that I was like, they're probably going to be home tomorrow. And so then I decided on Tuesday morning, even though we were going to keep them home another day to just make their lunches in the morning. And let me tell you, um, that's a win and something I'm totally going to continue doing um, because having kids home sick is not really fun. It totally kind of messes with your day. And then deciding to make them lunch, even though you know they're going to be there, works out kind of well. Because then when lunchtime rolls around, you go to the fridge, pull it out and put it in front of them. So that the day they both had um, a turkey and cheese sandwich and I put some mustard and a little bit of that like Greek yogurt dip on there, um, sort of like a mayo, but it's that uh, tzatziki tzatziki dip, I think is how you pronounce it. And then they had goldfish and pea snacks. 
They had some strawberries and um, cucumbers, which is a very normal lunch for them. And they both ate great and it worked out well. And then they both had a popsicle after. So they felt like they were winning. It was easy for me. And um, I definitely recommend this approach and something I will probably do moving forward. For lunch, we have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich made with Dave's killer bread cut into a dinosaur with one of those uncrustable cut and sealed tools. Now, normally I would not have very much patience for cutting out these intricate designs, but I will say that when I started sending the kids to pre-K this year, I wanted to send a note or some other like tangible reminder that I was thinking of them throughout the day and that I love them. Well, they're in pre-K. They can't read. So this year, their little cutout sandwiches are just how I say I'm thinking of them in their little encouragement throughout the day. On the side, we have many yellow peppers cut into strips and one lonely baby carrot. Uh, some veggie straws add nice crunch and a little bit of that salty kick. And then we've also got strawberries and blueberries mixed together in a little fruit salad. And then I added a little pick with eyeballs on it that they can use to pick up the fruit. And then there's one mini dino cut out of a cheese slice. Uh, Finally, I've got a protein ball uh, made with Kodiak mix, which has mini chocolate chips, oats, peanut butter, and honey in it. And so that's rolled into a good size ball. And that's um, a nice little treat and a nice little sweet thing for the end of their lunch. On Tuesday, my kids packed, everyone packed, and I had to be at my oldest daughter's high school by 630 in the morning with her for an award ceremony. So I had their lunch boxes set out with their water bottles and snacks, and they just had to put their lunch items in. We typically try to pack the night before, and it's usually a 50-50 shot if we get it done or not. That night it happened to not because we had late evening activities. So my daughter, my oldest 15-year-old daughter, packed. um, We have these bento box type things I purchased on Amazon. They have four compartments, and she put pepperoni in one, club crackers in another, We chopped a block of pepper jack cheese into cubes, and so she had that in one. And then she also packed herself a small tub of caramel to go with apples and a Celsius drink, which is kind of like an energy drink that she'll drink after school. Uh, My older son, the 12-year-old, had packed Takis, the super hot chips, (laughs) and an apple with peanut butter. He packed a granola bar and then a sandwich that had turkey, white bread, mayonnaise, and hot sauce on it. My next son, the nine-year-old, packed a fancy bread sandwich, which typically I just get white bread, the whole wheat white bread, the Sara Lee kind. But every so often, if they have the bread on sale, we will get the special fancy hoagies. Um, If they were borderline stale, he didn't care. They didn't have mold, so fine. He put on his turkey, which is just the oven-roasted turkey, mayonnaise, mustard, the Cholula hot sauce, lettuce, and a slice of, it's the marbled Colby Jack cheese. 
Um, he packed himself tortilla chips, applesauce, a fruit strip, and a granola bar. And my youngest daughter had packed a granola bar, applesauce, oyster crackers, and yogurt. When it was time for them to leave for before care and the bus, my oldest son rides the bus. He forgot his lunch. So my nine-year-old ran his lunch to the bus stop and everyone went to school. And when I picked everybody up, my youngest daughter was in tears because the two lunch boxes had been switched. So she hates Takis and will not eat the hot sauce. So that was a problem for her. And my son realized that she had packed only a granola bar and applesauce and crackers, which was not enough for him. On Tuesday for this real life day account of what I packed for school lunches, it was for my oldest and youngest. The elementary school had hamburgers on the menu and my youngest is not a fan of those, which is really odd because the rest of us, her family totally are. Anywho, for her, I packed leftovers, which was just mac and cheese, the white cheese kind with shells from the brand Annie's that we had for a dinner side the night before. I microwaved it a little extra longer so it will be super hot and then immediately put it into her little thermal container. It's the same container that we use when we pack soup so that it will stay nice and warm. I also sprinkled in a little shredded sharp cheddar cheese on top for an extra layer of yumminess. Then I packed her some grapes in a frozen yogurt tube, which will thaw by the time she has lunch. I also threw in some saltine crackers, which is kind of odd, but she acts like they are a treat. One day I had forgotten to pack her a snack for snack time. And so her teacher gave her these saltine crackers that I'm sure they keep in the classroom for situations like that. And she has become obsessed with them. So I'm just running with it. I will totally take crackers over her begging for a cookie every day. Then for my oldest, I packed her a salad like usual. She will seriously, again, eat the same type of salad every day if she could. Sometimes I'll make her change it up and she'll take something hot like chili or mac and cheese. But yeah, that day I made her a salad because I was also packing one for me for work too. It's simply just a butter lettuce mix. She won't eat anything else. And I put on there some shredded cheese, bacon pieces, garlic croutons, and ranch dressing. Then I pack her a little bag of these salt and vinegar chips that we're working through after I made an impulse buy of them at Costco. She does eat some kind of chip with her salad every day. I mean, the chips are basically her side. Again, that doesn't make sense and it's not healthy, but food is not something parenting wise that I'm going to, you know, die on a hill on. So that's totally fine. She's eating. I also packed her some pineapple slices that I had prepped from the weekend as well. I basically pack the same thing for both of my kids every day. My fifth grader gets sliced apples and, and a something every day for snack. That something can be pretzels, chips, crackers, or a Cliff Kids bar. His teachers told us that having a snack is really important for them th this year because they don't eat lunch until 1 p.m. For lunch, she gets a Kodiak protein waffle and a few Applegate sausages. Um, I microwave the sausages and put them put the waffle in the toaster in the morning, and then I put them in a heated thermos. I read somewhere that you can um, preheat a thermos by pouring hot water into it and letting it sit there for a few minutes. Um, so I do that while I make the other things, and I heard this keeps the food warmer longer. 
On this particular day, I also packed a side of pretzels. And here's a little tip. I don't know if other people do this, but I did it for the first time this week. Um, we had, you know, all those pretzel broken parts at the end of the bag. So I just um, took those broken pieces and broke them up even smaller. And I just added those pretzel bits into our pre-made trail mix. So that was a fun little addition. For my first grader, he's been eating the same lunch for at least three years since preschool. He has a sun butter sandwich on cinnamon raisin bread and a cheese stick, along with a clementine and some water. And his snack this particular day was sliced apples and goldfish crackers. Okay, so listening to this is just making me remember the days. I'm We're pretty much to a one bread variety situation in my house now. It's like everyone has to get on board with one type of bread, unless yeah. it's a special thing where maybe I feel like getting cinnamon raisin bread or something like that or some special bread. It's like, okay, guys, right now, which bread are you all into? Let's <laughs> all get together on this. Because they're not eating as many sandwiches, I just can't have bread going bad in the bread bin. And that's what was starting to happen. Yeah. But back when I was packing daily lunches, sometimes it's like one kid would have a hankering for um, oatmeal bread and another one really just wanted the plain whole wheat. And sometimes I would want to get that really seedy grainy bread. And then some kids would like that. Um, and some kids wouldn't. So I remember there being a lot of like bread preference mm -hmm. factors this is um, going on. Life. Like people yeah. like their sandwiches on a hamburger bun. People like their sandwiches in a tortilla. Yeah. Right. Um, I loved Joanne's pretzel tip. I thought that was really genius. And I just wanted to also comment about the shaped food thing. I actually was looking back over, and I'll talk a little bit more about this later, but I was looking back over some blog posts I wrote way like 10 years ago, probably about packing lunches and all the shaped things I was cutting, like I had different cutters that were triangular or the circle kind or whatever. And I remember at first resisting that and thinking it just seemed like such a hassle. But then once I got used to it and had them all in a drawer that they didn't get stuck in, um, it was really no harder than anything else. So it's like, oh, and then I got to eat the crust, which I don't think there's anything better than a PBJ crust. It's like my, one of my favorite foods. Yes. So I, I will co-sign that. And I agree. <laughs> I haven't had cutters out as frequently, but you're so right. It is, it does not, it, but I was cutting crusts off for some of my kids. So if I'm doing that, I might as well be using up some kind of a shaped food cutter. So yeah. I love that. I and think, it really does make kids really happy. And sometimes they'll eat a sandwich if it's in, you know, diamonds or uh, yeah. triangles or diamonds, um, I guess. I think <laughs> so. It was Jennifer who talked about the shape cutting. And I, I'm pretty sure she also mentioned in this uh, clip about a, a tiny little fork stabber that you can use to pick up small pieces of meat or cheese. And when I was visiting my sister in May, her preschoolers have these and we can link them up in the show notes. Jennifer didn't make a huge deal about it in her clip, but I heard her say that and I was like, oh, those are great. They're like little, um, you can use them like you pinch them between your fingers and use them like tiny little toothpicks, only they have multiple oh. tines, like a little mini handheld fork almost. And they're in little oh. colors and animal shapes. So another like, very small um, addition that can make it both easier and more fun for your kids. So I loved that. Um, Jamie's tip that she accidentally discovered for packing a lunch when your kids are homesick is such a great 
idea. And I have totally done that before. Sometimes it's on accident. Sometimes I've already packed a lunch for my kids and then realized they're too sick to go to school. That happened to me quite recently. And then it's like, great, because they're homesick. But you're like, oh, your lunch is in the fridge. Eat it. Um, It just saves (laughs) yourself so much time later. Joanne mentioned the hack of heating up a thermos with hot water first before putting like microwave hot food in it. I definitely saw that like on a mom blog. It was probably like an Asha Dornfest like parent hack way back in the day. And I definitely have done that. I think, I don't know. We have thermoses that really keep food hot no matter what. I have sometimes wondered if it's necessary, but it does seem like it would make sense. It heats up the inside of the thermos before you put the hot food in. So it's just already preheated. So I love that. Yeah. And I think for, it depends what the food is, right? Like I had, um, I, I never really successfully incorporated thermoses on a regular basis into our, <laughs> into our, I guess, um, pattern, our routine Yeah, because the foods that my kids would have eaten out of a thermos would have either been like soup or maybe oatmeal. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I had easier options. Um, yeah. but I can totally see how either of those things, especially for maybe a picky eater who's just like in a soup stage or yeah. really likes oatmeal. That's it's certainly easy enough to make. Uh, I just think we had other, like what was working for us was working for us. Yeah. And I have gone through big swings with that. Like we, I go, I, 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 thermoses have also been hit or miss with my kids, but Mac and cheese or leftover warmed up noodles have been a favorite of Violet and throwing that in a thermos has worked well. And I love that Joanne's son is getting breakfast food. So like sausage and waffles, it sounds like every day, like that's his go-to. I just, just Mm -hmm. a reminder, it does not have to look like traditional lunch food people. I remember actually packing, um, pancakes and like leftover pancakes and, uh, sausage links a few times for my kids and feeling like I just got away with something like, okay, they're going to love this. First of all, it's really easy to pack. They got a protein. It's like, it was already there in the fridge waiting for me. It always just felt like such a win. Yep. I totally agree. All right. One other thing I wanted to touch on, because I think this happens in people with multiple kids' lives at some point, or sometimes in different ways is when like one kid is eating packed lunch and another one is getting hot lunch. Or when you've decided that sometimes kids are going to get uh, lunch packed at home and sometimes they're going to get hot lunch. And yeah. I'm curious, Sarah, how this has looked in your house. I will say for us, what we did for a very long time, and it worked wonderfully until it didn't work at all anymore, was that the kids had one day a week, they could all get on board to have hot lunch at this, on the same day, but it had to be the same day. Okay. Because I did not want to have to go through all the rigmarole yeah. of packing lunch, like one lunch when I could have just packed two and then you had a day, a day off. off. Yeah. You I need wanted a, a day, day off. off. Yeah. Right. And I didn't want to think about it. So that worked really, really well until I had kids in multiple schools and it was actually okay when there was like one middle schooler and the rest were elementary, but the wheels really fell off the bus <laughs> when it was like the kids in high school never take cold lunch. The kids in middle school sometimes take cold lunch. The kids in elementary school always take cold lunch and none of them can like align on what should happen on that hot lunch day. It finally was like, never mind. It wasn't making anything easier for me, which meant it had to go. Yeah. The system had to go. I mean, we are definitely in this kind of flux right now. I think that the thing I have done is make it my kids problem to know what their plan is. Um, and so the middle schoolers, I have put some money on their, um, on their lunch account, not enough to buy it every day. It's too, it's too expensive. So 
We agreed at the beginning of the year that they'd get an amount that worked out to an average of one lunch a week. But if they could blow it all in the first like three weeks if they want, but it's just that's it for the whole semester. And they so far are not very good at looking ahead at the menu and figuring it out. So that with the middle schoolers, they are it is sort of like they are learning by natural consequence that they have right. to look ahead. But it hasn't impacted my life too much. Like Reed is really good about packing his lunch in the morning. If he knows he's not going to get something from hot lunch, Violet and I, I am looking at the menu with her weekly it's free, but you have to sign up ahead. So it does require that we look at it and she's a vegetarian. So we look at it and I have it in my like recurring to doist that I just look at it with her. We order for the week and then I print that out and put it on um, like magnet it to the whiteboard so she can get up and check if she's having hot lunch or not. And then she and I, you know, I would pack her lunch, but she kind of has to know what's happening. So I've tried to put it on them and then all I I will happily help pack, but I'm not going to remember who's getting what each day. I cannot. So, yeah. Well, um, for our final question, we thought it would be fun to ask our team if there's a product they use and would recommend. And in this case, we're not talking about a food product because um, we've talked about lots of food already, but like something from the lunch packing accoutrement, the bentos, the containers, if you will. Um, so let's listen to everybody and their product recommendations. Since my teenager brings a salad for lunch every day, I would recommend the salad container we have. It's from a brand called Sestima, and you can find it everywhere from Amazon to Target. It's the perfect size for a salad. Even the dressing container that comes with it is a perfect portion. It's also spill-proof, and we've had ours for three years now. I highly recommend the Pottery Barn Kids All-in-One Bento Box. These were a back-to-school gift from our Grammy, and we love them. I like that the compartments are just a little bit larger on this bento box than other bento boxes that we've had. The bigger compartments give me a little bit more flexibility in what I pack. I could do a full sandwich or veggie straws. And I also feel like I have more space to include more food as the twins' appetite grows. Um, at the pre-K level, I'll say it's super easy to open and they don't even have to take it out of their actual lunch pail. They can just open the lid and eat right there from their lunchbox. And it's easy to close, easy to clean. One product that we use that I recommend is off of Amazon. They are the Easy Lunchboxes brand of Bento Snack Boxes. They're reusable four compartment containers and they come in a set of 10 and have multicolored lids. They're $21.99. Um, they ship really quickly and we use them all the time to pack lunchable type lunches that you can customize whichever pieces and parts that you want. You could pack tiny sandwiches in them as well or roll-ups, uh, but we get a lot of use out of those. So thanks to Instagram, I have been receiving targeted lunchbox ads from Planet Box probably, you know, since like a week after I found out I was pregnant with my first kid. And I decided to go with the um, stainless steel Rover lunchbox from Planet Box. And I am completely obsessed with it. Um, so it is a little bit of a steep price up front, but I genuinely believe both of my kids will be able to use it through elementary school. And then I have every intention in, of using it for myself afterwards. Um, it has really great small compartments, um, for like 
reasonable serving sizes for the kids so they don't feel super overwhelmed by the food. It is so easy to open. Um, Even my two-year-old can open it on her own and then she sees everything that's available right in front of her. Um, I would note that it's probably best for cold lunches. You wouldn't really be able to put anything hot um, in there. So that's one thing to note if you're used to sending hot lunches. But if you're a cold lunch packer, I think it's a really great option. And probably one of my favorite features um, that would actually go for any stainless steel lunchbox that you bought um, is that my kids, since they're both in a daycare program, I have to write the date on their lunchbox every single day when I send it. And so with a stainless steel lunchbox, I just take a whiteboard marker and I write the date on it. And then when it comes home, it's easily washed and the marker just um, washes right off so easily. So don't have to deal with tape or anything like that. So highly recommend 10 out of 10 across the board. And it's a good one. I really like the Sistema or Sistema reusable plastic containers. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's spelled S-I-S-T-E-M-A. There are these containers that come in two parts. The bottom part has two snaps that you snap on to attach to the top. And I've been using them for several years. They've really held up. Um, They're dishwasher safe, easy to clean, and the kids can open them easily. It's not an issue for us anymore, but when my kids were little, they were the best containers for them to be able to open and close on their own. We have various sizes, but my favorite ones are the ones with two sections. I put crackers or chips or pretzels on one side and fruit on the other. The funny thing is I was also going to mention liking snapware containers, but this week while I was tracking our lunches, our snapware container broke. So I'm going to not recommend that one necessarily this time. So uh, for those listening, we will make sure that all those products are linked up in the show notes and also watch our Instagram this week because it's, it hasn't happened yet, but I would like to plan some fun reels and stories and stuff so we can really show you some of these lunches and some of these containers and all of that. The container or the product that made the biggest difference for me, I waited so long to find something like this and it's so dumb because it was not expensive. It was not hard to find, but I wanted really, really tiny individual containers. And, um, I'm talking tiny, like one ounce. So something for ketchup or ranch to dip in, um, to dip something in or a little bit of saucer dressing. I mean, realistically, we weren't doing something like that, but there were salsa. Reed would take salsa in it. And we had much like uh, Jennifer, Jennifer talked about the Pottery Barn kids bentos. And I think she has the exact same lunch boxes for her kids that I do. And what I love about the one ounce containers is they can slide right into a section of a larger bento. Does that make sense? Cause yep. there's like, there's small containers, but I needed a container so small that you could pop it into another small compartment of a bento. So one ounce is the size to search for. And I just searched on the everything store and I got like a 12 pack and they wash. They're so tiny that I put them in the dishwasher or the um, silverware, the utensil Mm -hmm. part of the dishwasher and they wash really easily. And I think they came in a 12 pack. So if you lose one, it's just not that big a deal. So why did I wait so long? I don't know, but a 12 pack of one ounce um, screw lid plastic containers has been great for us. Well, I think sometimes you wait because you think someone out there will create a system that has every element in it that you need. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't always think to, to like compile it ourselves or mm-hmm. sort of DIY the system. 
but I went through that myself trying to find like, it has to have, it has to be done for me yet. I want it to have this and this and this. So Sarah, when we were prepping for this episode, I went back to my old blog because I knew I had written about, um, I knew I'd written about lunch packing at some point. And when I was listening to our team talk about the different bento boxes and things they were using, I was like, man, I, easy lunch boxes. That sounds familiar, but I think yeah. I had a different one too. And I found this blog post. So I had done a, um, a challenge, like a lunch packing challenge. It was the post went up on September 3rd, 2011. Oh my gosh. So that's like 12, no, 11 years ago. Uh-huh. It had 481 comments. I guess that's back when people actually pre social media or pre yes. like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was around because that's how I promoted the. It was like a giveaway. But I mean, 481 comments like does anybody comment anymore? So anyway, no. that was a surprise. Um, but I just want to link to this because it's it just made me it brought me through like this nostalgia wave, not only because it took me back to the time when I was packing tiny little lunch boxes for my kids and not even all these products still exist, but I did talk about, um, easy lunch boxes and I did talk about, so I also had one from one step ahead, which doesn't even exist anymore. And when I look at those lunch boxes, I had little photos for like terrible little tiny photos that this was also before Pinterest. (laughs) So my, my photography skills were not the best. But when I look at like those boxes, I can just remember my kids carrying them and yeah. it just made me so happy. Another thing that um, I leaned on was Momables, which was run by a blogger friend of ours oh, named yeah. Laura Fuentes. It looks like she's still doing it. So it's basically like a lunch packing. It used to be at least um, subscription service that just gave you ideas. I don't know if she still charges for it or if it's just free printables, but she's got a whole bunch of different resources on there. Not sending you food subscription, but just into your email, like menu plans and ideas. I love that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it looks like it's still active. So I guess things like that, I think are really fun. Um, I had so much fun with bento boxes and little, like to me, that was maybe my ultimate domestic momming mm-hmm. era. And I just had a lot of fun with it. And for a you know window of time, it was really just delightful for me to play with all these little cutters and things yeah. like that. I really just got a kick out of it. And so uh, that's not really a recommendation. It's just like, it's something I loved. And I think sometimes having those little tools and a box you feel really good sending your kids off with and that it's easy to wash and maybe a menu plan can make yeah. it fun. I totally agree. And I I think um, it's easy for us to be jaded or over it when we've been doing it for a decade plus. But I am grateful for the reminder that, yeah, setting yourself up with little things that add joy for you or your kids. If you're going to be doing something 4,500 times, is that what you estimated? I think it's about that. Yeah. Yeah, If you're going to be doing something thousands of times, I think it's really worth looking at small ways to make it more enjoyable. That doesn't have to mean products. It can just mean systems or rituals or whatever. So I, yeah, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Um, and I am just so thankful that we had the team here today to share all of their tips and wisdom. So this was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much to everyone for those tips and ideas. That was great.
Uh, before we go, we definitely want to remind you to check out our sponsor, Shoot. You can book a photo session with Shoot and look for those holiday packages on their gifts and offers page. Again, this is an amazing service that I think moms can really lean on during the holiday season. Be sure to use the code the Mom Hour for 15% off any orders of five or more photos. So that's shoot.com with two T's, S-H-O-O-T-T.com. Promo code the Mom Hour for 15% off orders of five or more photos. Definitely check that out. Speaking of photos, uh, watch our Instagram this week, like I said, because we do have some photos of some of the lunches that our team packed that we talked about on the show today. So Instagram's a great visual companion to what you heard us talk about today on the podcast. And then later this week, we have our Voices episode for the month of October. And it's a two-in-one. I'm going to be interviewed by Joanna Martin, also from our contributor team, about how my family has approached Halloween over the years and where we've gone all out and where we've kept things more simple. And then in the same episode, there's an interview with Diane Bowden from the Minimalist Moms podcast about kind of more simple, intentional, kind of minimalist approaches to Halloween. So that is coming up on Friday, and we will talk to you then. Talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple podcasts, just navigate to the mom hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.